I'm Christy Hemingway, host of Ed Curation, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me, as always, is David Lurch. Dave, my name is the fans. My name is David Lurch. Hello, fans. Or fan. Fan. fan if, you're <laughs> listening, if you're listening to this by yourself, we're only talking to you, and thanks for being a listener, fan. Yeah, so we really do like to have conversations just kind of one-on-one with people. It makes yeah. it feel that much more. So we just assume there's one person out there listening. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now and maybe they're, yeah. I don't know, you're with a friend, have them leave. Yeah. Just tell them to right. go home. Because this podcast is just for you. Just for just you. For you. Also, uh, it's weird to listen to a podcast with another person, like as an activity. <laughs> like, But again. Do you do you do that? Off? I That is one thing. The only time I've ever done it, I can't actually even say I've ever done a podcast. I've done a book on tape, like in the car. Sure. But I've never listened to a podcast with another person. What book was it? Do you remember? Oh gosh, I don't have a clue. The secret. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It might have been Fifty Shades, maybe. That might have been. <laughs> Joking with, with your kids. With my kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, kids, cover your ears. That's why they're no longer your children. That's why DCFS right. got DCF to, took them away. Uh, with us, uh, yeah, right, exactly. That's uh, that's a bad transition. But Downer. with us this evening, uh, and she may be regretting this now, is Arlen Kimmelman from the IORAD, um, an ed tech company. And they talk, uh, we'll talk about IORAD in, in just a minute. It's a great, yep. service, uh, great service, and we'll kind of get to that. But thanks, Arlen, for joining us this evening, and we uh, we hope this is not too painful of an experience. No, I, I've already wanted to jump right in, and, and <laughs> good, this is great. <laughs> Awesome. Good. Like I said, we don't uh, we don't usually rehearse, and it and it usually either leads to a really uh, you know real conversation or real. a total disaster, one of the two. But well, both- I know uh, in one of your prior podcasts, you were saying that the two of you have to get your intro together, and David was talking over you this time, so obviously <laughs> we haven't practiced. We didn't practice. <laughs> we, we didn't, didn't do that one. We didn't no. do that one. At, th- at some uh, point, we'll okay. be pros with this, but maybe not. Right. Season twelve. Yep, that's what I'm predicting. It'll be it'll be a totally new, a super professional podcast. Yep, that's right. Uh, before we uh, we jump in and we talk to Arlen about her uh, journey through education and and leading to IRED, um, we have a few new and uh, interesting updates that we kind of wanted to throw at you guys this time. Uh, Dave, I'll let you go first. You you threw yeah. more on here than I did, but I'm going to steal yeah. one of yours. That's good. I'm working hard. Um, so <laughs> the. E, the uh, EU, the European Union, uh, kind of big deal uh, for people that are in educational technology. The European Union just passed legislation that would regulate the algorithms that all of these different ed tech, these big tech companies use. Uh, it's primarily aimed at Google and tweaking the way that their search algorithm uh, sends information to, you know, you or encourages you to check out like these links. Uh, and they're trying to really uh, legislate and regulate that, which I thought is kind of cool, uh, given the fact that that's been a, a hugely relevant topic as to, you know, h- how many people should control uh, our, our ability to interact with with uh, social media and with different types of platforms. And, and I think that I think in a lot of ways that Europe tends to be maybe just a slight step ahead of where we are eventually going. Um, and, and I, and I think there's a lot of things like in large part, I mean, you know, when your country was founded in 1776 versus being able to trace your, you know, history back several thousands of years, that, that makes a very different take on how things are. And, and I I just, I think they're a little bit ahead of where we're eventually going to get to. And, and I mean, look, you know, not to get political or anything like that, but it's probably a good idea to legislate some of that stuff just because, you know, we, we don't want you know, Lex Luthor or Bond villain having that much power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and so much of it happens behind closed doors. You know, I mean, right. we don't know what the algorithms are. We don't exactly. know what, what other information they're adding. And, you know, good or bad, I mean, there's there's positives and there's negatives to both, but it, it wouldn't be a terrible thing. 
I don't know. We do know, we do know what the algorithm is. You talk about it at breakfast by lunch. Right. You've got an ad. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's the algorithm. Absolutely. That is the algorithm. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. And, and, oh, that like, happens so much. It drives me crazy. And like Adam said, it, for good or bad. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times we we look at that and we say, oh, well, it's suppressing free speech or it's suppressing, you know, uh, it's limiting outside voices or things like that. But there's also some positive there, too. Right. I mean, you know, we, we're seeing with the Ukraine and Russia situation where an entire nation of people in Russia uh, is being silenced. Like they're not allowed to search for things. They're not allowed to use social media to look up what's actually going on. And, um, you know, I think it swings in both ways. But I think some some regulations probably a good thing. Uh, just because otherwise you get into some some scary, scary places. But yeah. uh, on the topic of Bond villain, um, <laughs> so uh, SpaceX has actually done something extremely cool uh, for premium. And I have to double check. I believe it's um, I want to make sure that I get the uh, airline correct. But in a premium airline, um, they're partnering with SpaceX to offer Starlink based Wi-Fi. Uh, so if you are not familiar uh, with what uh, SpaceX Starlink does, uh, Starlink is this uh, set of satellites that exists um, in space that uh, goes over specific areas on the Earth and it beams down uh, essentially, you know, Internet, uh, wireless Internet for people who aren't in a place that they can get it. So the primary focus of this has been, you know, third world countries. Uh, war-torn countries, places like that. But there's a lot of benefit to uh, people that, you know, live out in the country. We've got several students in my school district that live literally between two cellular towers. And so they can get neither uh, internet. And so they've signed up for this. And uh, so they've partnered this with um, an independent air carrier called JS uh, JSX to offer onboard Wi-Fi through Starlink. So if you fly that airline you then have access to the Starlink uh, internet, which is kind of cool. It's a neat concept, oh. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I, and I believe because it's a deal through the airline, uh, it's, you're just allowed to use it if you're going to be uh, flying on that airplane. So kind of cool. Huh. That is cool. So that's like the old thing where the hotels gave you HBO. Right. If you stayed at their hotel, <laughs> yeah. well, if you fly yeah, with you us, get you'll, get, you'll get Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. Right. And a free hot tub. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the, right. uh, <laughs> Um, well, you know, and, and what's kind of amazing to me too about Starlink, which I, I love the idea of it because being a, I'm a tech director in a, in a small school district and I deal with, you know, Wi-Fi problems all the time. One of the Wi-Fi problems is that in the bathroom that I use, there is no Wi-Fi and there is no cell phone connection. I, it's like so enclosed in concrete that I can't get either one. So you can't play Wordle. No, it, I'm telling you what, I can. It just takes like 20 minutes to get a word to go through. Uh, but you're exactly right. That is exactly what I do in the bathroom. Uh, but we, uh, so anyway, I put a, a Wi-Fi access point uh, as close as I possibly could get it without having to run wire into the ceiling to the bathroom. And right. I get like one bar. So like to me, I mean, it's literally 10 feet away from the bathroom because there's so much in this room. There's, it's right. like a freezer room and there's so like, there's pipes, there's lead ever. I'm sure there's asbestos right. through the whole thing, but uh, I can't get hardly any reception. So it's amazing to me that something from a satellite can come down and I could connect my, you know, Chromebook to it or my phone to it or whatever. Um, you know, I say what you will about, uh, about, uh, Elon Musk, he's got something figured out. Yeah, and it, I think it's definitely a it's it's a neat thing, and I think it's something where hopefully we get something similar to that. I remember when they first started having like streaming movies on uh, airplanes, so on on flights, yeah. you know, they would just offer like whatever thirty movies, and mm -hmm. I just that blew my mind. And uh, now, you know, I think almost every single airline offers something similar. You know right. what I mean? It's a right. just just a neat thing and a, a cool. Uh, cool thing that they're doing with Starlink. So, agreed. Um, in the ed tech sphere, uh, Google Meet is going to be offered, and you probably have seen this by now. Uh, but you can actually launch Google Meet directly from your Docs, Slides, and Sheets. So, if you are using one of those or collaborating, there should be a little button in the upper right-hand corner that looks like a Google Meet icon, and you can uh, run a meet directly from that document. And anybody else who's on there can hop into Meet as well. So, a little work productivity, and uh, that was on the rapid rollout, but I think at this point, everybody should have access to it. 
because I know at our school district, we're typically towards the end of that rollout and we have it. So if we have it, mm -hmm. odds are pretty good that everybody has it at this point. Yeah, I've got it here. And what I like about it is um, really from both ends. So I'm already, obviously we're recording this on a Google Meet. Right. So when I click on that little Meet icon in our show notes document, it, it says I'm already in a call and I can bring the call to this tab. So cool. like what we're used to doing is going back to the meet, going share my you know right. tab, whatever. Now you can just click on the button and say, show this screen right here without having to leave the document, which I think is pretty cool. Because yeah. a lot of times I'm not looking at the meet. I'm not looking at the meet right now. Um, you know, when I'm in a, in a meeting, I am rarely looking at the other people that I'm talking to. Right. Usually I'm looking at the document or whatever it is that we're messing with. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense to do that. It keeps me from accidentally closing the tab, which I do sometimes. Which has too. never happened before. And, oh, yeah. and the cool part about this, I think, is just how rapidly Google Meet has has kind of beefed itself up. You know, like yeah. I just I remember early days of pandemic when we were all trying to figure out how to use this with our kids and, and it was just the video conferencing tool. And to look at it two years later, I mean it's so many features have been rolled out with it. It really is a it's a neat tool and uh, it's very useful. Yeah. Zoom, I know, is the professional solution, uh, but Google Meet is not that far behind. No, I agree. You just got to get When they made the uh, breakout rooms part of it, of mm -hmm. Google Meet, they, they yeah. really stepped it up because we were configuring all kinds of things to try to get right? the breakout rooms. Oh, yeah. We had all, all professional developments just how to make a breakout room that didn't exist. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Try to find Here, the right share extension. This, this or spreadsheet with 10 yeah. different links on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did all those things for sure. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick with another ed tech thing because I'm, I'm stealing this one from you, Dave, uh, that's if that's okay with you. We're but uh, one, of the, uh, one of the biggest things, uh, I do a lot of web development, and one of the best tools that I have yep. found in my recent lifetime has been uh, the, web, the website Replit, replit.com. So if you, if you are a coder or a budding coder or somebody who's been doing it for a long time and you've not checked them out yet, go to replit, R-E-P-L-I-T.com. Uh, it's a fantastic website. It's an online um, web development uh, environment, and it's basically like any of the other applications you can install on your computer, like VS Code or uh, whatever else you might install. It's the same thing. You can you can program in just about any language, uh, and it's super useful. And I've been using it since like about 2017 or so. It talk about a program that has added features. This thing is monstrous now. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and to have just a web-based, you know, where you're not uh, having to go, you can go through GitHub still uh, to, you know, throw your repositories, deposit, repositories, sorry, depositories, that's something different. Your repositories up there. Uh, you can do that still. You don't have to. Uh, and you can just, you can uh, team develop and everything like that. Anyway, um, Replit does, it's mostly free, but it does have extra features for what they call their hacker plan that you can pay for. Uh, but it is now free for educators, which is yeah. a huge deal for people trying to, um, you know, develop young coders in their schools, um, to have a, a web-based program you can use on Chromebooks. You don't have to install anything. I know right. that a lot of times computer science classes are sort of bound to a Windows device or a Mac device so that you can install some kind of IDE on it, uh, but you don't have to do that anymore because Replit's amazing. So uh, it is really worth looking out, uh, look, checking out their uh, CEOs on Twitter all the time. They're very active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good. It's a good resource and definitely one that I would recommend. And and if you're coding with kids, stop block coding. Like when they're after like third grade, stop block coding. Totally and, agree. And, and start doing something a lot more challenging that they can use in the future. Because block coding is yeah. awesome, but Replit is amazing. And yeah. it seems like a lot of those coding apps are going that way too. They're, they're yeah. free, open source, and trying to push that next generation to do that, which is awesome. Very cool. Right. And I think uh, if you're if you're looking for a, a curriculum, because I know a lot of people don't necessarily have a curriculum or the coding background to teach right. it all from scratch. Um, another great resource is um, CodeHS, C-O-D-E-H-S, which is uh, text-based. Uh, yeah, throw that on the show notes there, Dave. Um, it's another text-based program, but it's it's like you you create a path, like I'm going to you know learn how to do web development. And it starts out 
they, you, they do kind of have their own sort of language, but it's based on JavaScript. And you go all the way through JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and you're building, um, you know, projects and stuff, but you're doing it kind of in their hub. Uh, really, really great, along with Code Academy is another one. But CodeHS is one that is, like, very student-focused, so, like, young kid-focused. Uh, and I would highly recommend that, just if you're looking for something yeah. that's not, not block coding. And don't be afraid to push that, you know? I, right. I feel like... Kids really are surprising with that. They do some amazing stuff. So, yeah, uh, we we can do the we put the code HS. We'll put that in the uh, show notes. We'll make sure you have a right. link to, that to check it out. So, um, just two other little things here. One thing as a very interesting article. I, I think as we've talked about the technology and and ed tech and things like that. Um, one thing that uh, post pandemic that has kind of come up is uh, I, I wanted to share this article from. Uh, the Wall Street Journal about how uh, concert ticket prices are just becoming so outrageously expensive. And there's uh, some talk in there as to what the role of technology is in either preventing or encouraging uh, that markup, that aggressive hmm. pricing. And basically, um, it goes into in the article a little bit about how they are bot farming, purchasing uh, tickets. And then immediately, really? immediately putting them on the resale market with for a major markup. So, um, so an example is, you know, let me talk about some popular youth music here. Um, my daughter is a big Olivia Rodrigo fan, mm -hmm. and she's very wanted, talented. She's great, and we wanted to get tickets to see her. And so, the, and tickets were, I don't know, fifty bucks, you know, a person yeah. for general admission. So we were going to get three general admission tickets, and uh, we missed buying those tickets, but in the process of them going on sale at 9 a.m., by 9.05, uh, there were multiple, multiple seats available on the resale market for four or five, some 10 times the markup right, on right. it. And uh, the article goes into a little bit about what that is and, you know, is that worth it or not? And, um, you know, I, I will say from my experience, it's totally turned me off from going to see big acts anymore. I mean, I almost sure. exclusively see... If it's not small, a small acts venue, and small venues, yep, yep. If it's not mm -hmm. at a small venue, I'm probably not going to go see it anymore, just because right. you right. know it's. I don't want to spend a grand to see it, you know. Yeah, we've got uh, a big show we're super excited about. My wife and I, we love the indie music scene. Sure. And there's a band called uh, Lake Street Dive. Have you guys heard yep. of Lake Street Dive? Yep. Lead singer yep. is phenomenal. She's amazing. Yeah. Great band. And uh, they do some pretty awesome covers, but their original stuff is is phenomenal. But uh, so we went, we're going to go see that. I think they're coming to St. Charles or something in August. And we, uh, we got tickets and they were not super expensive and we got tickets really close up front, uh, because they're not a huge name and they're not right. playing in a huge name venue. Right. Um, you know, they haven't really made it big yet as soon as they do. It, so it's like, for example, we saw the Lumineers. We're looking to see them again this summer because they're coming to St. Louis. Sure. Lumineers are a great show. We saw them at two small venues for like hardly anything, right. and they they put on an amazing show. And I'm not excited to go see them in our version of the giant. It's the Hollywood Amphitheater. Well, it's not Hollywood anymore. What is it now? Is it Verizon Wireless? I guess so. Whatever, and the name will change next year. But it, you know, for those of you in the St. Louis area who were listening to this, you know, twenty years ago, it's Hollywood Amphitheater. <laughs> It's but Riverport. Anyway, Riverport. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's. Uh, Is there a bargain bin for exactly. podcasts? I wish there yeah. were. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. No, surely I not. Wish. It'd be nice. Um, my last thing really quickly, and I know, uh, oh, you were going to mention too about Elon purchasing Twitter, which is not necessarily breaking news anymore. Um, was that an interesting look at it or are we just going to talk about it more? Uh, it's up to you. It's the NPR article. I think mm -hmm. they do a pretty oh. um NPR does a pretty good job of covering it. Um, yeah, you know they don't treat him like a monster. Yeah, right. but they don't they don't treat him like a monster. But they don't treat him like, you know, a conquering hero. It's just, gotcha. you know, he had to leverage a bunch of Tesla stock to buy it, and yeah. he did. He he spent like fifty billion dollars yeah. worth of Tesla stock to buy it, and he now <clears throat> controls it. And and I don't know what I think about it. I mean, the dude's innovative. Like I said, I mean we, you know. My wife has a Tesla that she allows me to drive. Is that a good way to put that? And, yeah. uh, and we were driving it tonight and it's rainy this evening um, on the way back from St. Louis, which is about a 45 minute drive for us. And um, maybe two weeks ago, I had made a remark. We were talking about like how, how much we like the car, but there's no like blind spot, like signal, 
you know, if there's a oh. car in your if you're in your blind spot, there's no di- yeah, there's no ding, there's no light. And since uh, not to go too far down the nerd rabbit hole here, but the way the Tesla's set up is it's all machine learning based around cameras on on what the cameras see. It tells the computer what to do. And uh, I just was blown away by the fact that my Jeep Renegade that's, you know, eight, nine years old has a blind spot signal and the Tesla doesn't have anything, you know, right. and and just surprising. And there was just an update. We we found out that <clears throat> when you put your uh, turn blinker on, uh, it pops up on the screen, the blind spot camera to show you if there's a car there or not. So hmm. like the the fact that he's approaching his cars with an iteration mindset is pretty amazing. So I and that he's able to do that, that you can yes. just add that feature. That is because pretty amazing. The, yeah. So, right. so who knows? I mean, the stuff he, well, talked, he talked about, about it at breakfast and it showed up at lunch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. It really did. You know what I wish? I wish <laughs> there was a blind, blind spot camera. Not that Elon Lo and behold, listening. but you right, know what I'd exactly. like, Elon, I'd like my Tesla to just pump out million dollar bills. I'd be swell. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe I think not. I think that application to Twitter would be great because I think in yeah. a lot of ways, as much as I like Twitter and connecting, it, it can it can be kind of a cesspool sometimes of negativity yep. and mm-hmm. and nastiness and it's full of bots and you know yeah. crypto scams and so I think there's some value in having somebody want to innovate and make it profitable. But again, it goes back to that same thing. You know, is is it scary or not if one person has all the all the cards? Right. So, right. Who knows. Don't you have one, one more thing, Adam, you want to share? One more thing. Um, so, and Dave, you went to uh, a 3D printing session this past week, right? Uh, Shout out to the, Joe Siffle. He was fantastic. Yeah, through the LTC yeah, amazing. Uh, here in Illinois. And uh, talk, he's he's a 3D printing genius. And our uh, I, wish, I wish I'd gone, but our computer science teacher went as well. So he was he came back just like bubbling over with all of the fun information. We, we just started getting into 3D printing this year. Uh, anyway, so in our search for uh, 3D printing models and things that we can do, came across this website called instructables.com, and I've got the link there in the show notes. It is amazing. This website is full of like basically how-to instructions made by people for just about anything you could possibly want to make. Um, from like really complicated circuits like I've got this crazy I'm just looking at the page right now and there's like an audio spectrum display uh, that you can build with like circuits and LED lights and uh, but then it goes down to um, how to make an electric bike how to make wooden bowls how to do a layered tulle embroidery, how to make gift bags out of comic books then it's got a bunch of cooking I ones have like, an instructable do you? Yes, it's how to do folded book art. Take an old book and put do the folds in it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's cool. becomes art. Um, on that same note, there's another one that's in here, and I, it's not right on the top, but I saw it a second ago. It's about how to make arches with recycled books, like big ones that you can walk through, mm-hmm. like with recycled books, oh. which I thought would be such a cool thing. And it's it's obviously in a lot. Oh, there it is, right there. Building a double rainbow arch using recycled books. Such a cool idea. So I thought that would be um, a great place for people to check out just for looking for something cool to make or, you know, if you're looking for like, I don't know, a gift like these, there's this mini indoor fire put uh, fire pit uh, for s'mores. And basically it's got plans for 3D printing a, not the pit itself, because that would melt, but the mold for the print. And then you use like cement and, uh, and then you can build yourself a little tiny fire pit for your table. Some cool things, but I also thought, was uh, a great segue into our discussion with Arlen about IORAD, which is basically a how-to website. See that? Right. See how I uh, molded that, that right smooth. in there? You like that? that? Yeah. Yeah. Once we, it's definitely once we smooth when you point it out. Right. We got now warmed that, up and we're really going here. So. <laughs> absolutely. So all those things we talked about will be in the show notes. But like I said, this, uh, this is a nice little segue right into uh, our discussion with Arlen. So again, Arlen, thank you for joining us this evening. We appreciate you yeah, sitting you. through that whole mess and joining us uh, to chat well, a little bit I about, about your journey. It was fun. It is, it, we always try to kind of, I don't want to say we outdo each other, but I usually try to outdo Dave. <laughs> Maybe that's my competitive nature. I would never try that. I, I value our friendship too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn. Okay, so I'm a jerk. 
so uh arlen just uh we always kind of every time we have a guest on we we like to know sort of how you got to where you are now uh-huh. um so kind of give us sort of the uh, the elevator story of how uh how you came to be at irad and where you where, where you went through education on your way there um well i'll give you my um my motto is i ask for forgiveness instead of permission mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, so I had a, a lot of iterations of that. And when I ended up at, at uh, IRAD, one of the first things the boss said when he was interviewing with me was, at IRAD, we ask, we want you to ask for forgiveness and not permission. I'm like, hire me now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I came by way of a lot of odd jobs. Um, I thought I was going to be in advertising and psychology. Um, I ended up working for the Red Cross doing training. And mm. I found that I was really good at training. So I decided to become a teacher. And then I didn't really want to grade essays 24-7 as an right. English teacher. Mm-hmm. So I went into school librarianship. And I got really lucky with that, too, because I was after microfiche and card catalogs. Oh yeah, so That's perfect I, timing. You avoided perfect, all that mess. All that mess, and the tech was just right there—the e-catalogs yeah. and everything—and um, it it just it stuck with me even after in high school changing a a coding class, well, computer class in high school because I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I had I had to mature in my tech ed. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's all right that's we we all have had to do that absolutely sure. yeah so my my uh my irad thing was i became a google certified trainer because mm-hmm. librarian wasn't sexy and mm-hmm. school wanted <laughs> you know <laughs> well we won't go into sexy librarians that's a different <laughs> right story. that's a no different comment. right exactly right. It's, the title. <laughs> it's the title that's not sexy and um i couldn't get them to to understand that, yes, I know tech more than the IT guys. The IT guys right. know how to fix it. I know how to use it. Right. And so by becoming a Google certified trainer, I had a little street cred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That turned into um, IRAD, you know, have a, a, everybody, Flipgrid and Seesaw and everybody, they want ambassadors. And I found right. IRAD. And in a library, I have to teach people how to how to use a database, how to use this, how to use the catalog. How... And IRAD just, I just, the angels sang. And mm. I spoke to the person who was the head of the ambassadors. I became an ambassador. And I said, I want your job. <laughs> and she said, what do you like about my job? And I told her, and she said, we have an opening. Mm. So it was all just being in the right place at the right, right. time. And, yeah, and right. IRAD was just it. It really spoke to me. Hmm. So um, tell us a little bit just to, about what it does. I, Dave and I both know we both uh, use it, but uh, for the listener, what does for I the listener. do? And it's really hard for the listener. I'm going to have to be very descriptive because this is mostly a visual aid. Right. Absolutely. Yep. But, but what happens is um, you have how-to tutorials. So I'll say with the Google Certified Trainers, they all make, as the ambassadors, they're making training that if I went into Google Docs and I didn't know how to change my font, I click on the IRAD extension, the extension opens up, and a vid- video or a, or a click here, click here, a follow along interactive mm-hmm. tutorial opens up, and the person can learn how to do it by clicking at images of the tut- of Docs the and how to change yeah. your font. Mm-hmm. And so it, it works really, really well then in the application itself. You open it up in sheets, you open it up in slides, you open it up in, in any of the Google products and you're going to find Google certified trainers have made IRADs to help anybody out. Damn. The other end of it is you can create your own how-tos even with the free extension. So you're going to say, I need to show somebody how to use PowerSchool. I need to show somebody um, a parent, how to log into their student's account. Anybody, the administration, how do I do this accounting program? So it really doesn't have to be school. It could be anybody in the school who needs to know how to use a program. And IRAD sets up just by doing it. That's what's really cool about it. Mm-hmm. As I'm clicking to show somebody how to do it, it's recording my clicks. 
And then the editors comes up. I put in a couple words that I want and poof, I have a tutorial. It really is that fast. And that's what blew me away with it. I love Screencastify. I love Loomly, all those things. Sure. It takes me, I, I want to be perfect. I have to re-record it. Oh, that doesn't look right. My eyelash is in the wrong spot. My voice <laughs> The dog's barking in the background. I have to re over and over and over. Irad, you can have something done and emailed to somebody or on a web page or in a learning management system in five minutes. Right. Yeah. And that's the experience that I've had too. It's very much yeah, like saying the, the old ones that I used to do, I would either take, if I didn't do a video, then I would take a million screenshots. And in those screenshots, I would highlight the things or draw arrows to the things you're supposed to click. And that's what I love about IRAD is that it, it does all of that stuff automatically and it's interactive. So the person can go back and say, Oh, wait a minute, I missed that. What do I click here? And then go back and forth and go all the way through the tutorial. So I, I record those and it's always funny when I send them out because I'll always have one or two people who were like, Hey, how'd you do that? And so then I send it to them and I don't know if they'll ever use it. Sometimes they use it with their kids, uh, but it's really, really helpful for people in our position in a coaching position. Uh, and like you said, uh, anybody instructing anybody uh, on something tech, um, it's, it's a great tool for that, for sure. And it's well, quick. Like you said, and it's quick. Well, that's the yeah. big thing. And and as a coach, you don't always have time to go back and tell four different people, five different people in different situations the same exact thing. You have right. this tutorial now that you can send to them or have a, a learning repository of all your tutorials. And you can say, look, it's it's in this. And you can give them the one spot all your tutorials are in. And they can look for it. They can search for it with the help. It's a it's a help center right in IRA. Right, right. With all of your tutorials that you've made, and so you don't have to. It's it's on demand training. So if a tech coach is really busy, all they have to do is remind somebody that the tutorials are there, and they can go put their time into a heavier thing. Not that the little things aren't important. They are. That's what keeps things buzzing. But I don't want to wait a half hour while my tech coach is helping somebody else. And the only thing I need to know is how do I select this thing? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so what, because uh, we kind of talked a little bit about what uh, IORED does and, and how it helps. The version that I use, I use the free version. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've not paid for it. Uh, and uh, and I don't know, unfortunately for IRAD, maybe the free version does everything I need it to do. Um, and I know that there is sort of a premium uh, version of it. What are the what are the premium features that a person can get? Well, I'm going to I'm going to go back and say free yeah. absolutely does everything you can do. And it's free okay. forever. It's free for any amount of users, any amount of uh, you can create as many as you want and as many people as you want it to see can use it. What it doesn't have is an audio component. So if you're dealing uh, with anybody who wants to have this, um, that not just watch it mode so they can see it, but watch it gotcha. mode so that it becomes a video, right. it has audio in it. That's a paid feature. I think more importantly for schools, though, is say I'm doing power school mm -hmm. and I have personal information on a student, but I need to show somebody how to use this particular page, what to put in this slot, which button to push the paid version does have a masking feature yeah. so that you can mask what's on the page and still put the same tutorial out without having to go in there and you know sketch it out or hope right. you get the right frame in there or say well this is what it would look like but right. i'm just gonna have to explain it anyway so that yeah. masking feature is really really big for for privacy yeah absolutely mm -hmm. do you do you see not that you can give us you know too much of a peek behind the curtain, but mm -hmm. uh, do you have an idea of like what next steps would be with it? Or is it just right now fine tuning the tool to be, you know, the best it can be? Cause, cause truly like I, today I made an IRAD for uh, a, a game that our teachers were using. We've got about three weeks left. And so I'm like, Hey, let's run that clock out as productively as possible. And uh, <laughs> Hell so, play a game. yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, so I put it together and, you know, super quick, but I was curious, are there, you know, as you're iterating through the project, are you looking, you know, can you give us a little peek about plans of going forward or, uh, you know, anything that that you're aware of that they're going to do with it? Or is it just the process of fine tuning and going from there? Um, right now, a lot of it is fine tuning, but I don't think I've ever worked somewhere who have been where they've been so open to ideas. And what happens is somebody will say, I wish IRAD did that. 
And a week later, it's something that we've put into place. So it's not, I don't even think they have any kind of plan of this is coming next, this is coming next, because what comes next comes from our users. We have both in um, our, our help widget and in our chat, we can give you the, the feature request form. And then we get the feature request and we're like, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. And so hmm. that's the kind of thing we're working on. So right now, for example, you can use control S or control C or control whatever, and that will capture on a tutorial and then your user can do control F and not just say, oh, you need to control plus F or something. Mm-hmm. What's not working yet, but they want to work is tab. Tab works differently than control plus. So if you could use a tab, imagine what that's going to do for working in sheets. Right. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, it, that's in the works. That's being, that was just a conversation today is let's get tabs working so that we don't have to say click tab. We can actually have the person hit tab and it, and it sure. does the thing. That kind of thing happens all the time. If you think it should do it, just let them know. And it goes, it goes into the wow file. <laughs> I, I like that more and more of those, uh, more and more companies are open sourcing like mm-hmm. that, you know, like uh, just taking those ideas and not being rigid in the way they apply those mm-hmm. things, but listening to that feedback, mm-hmm. not, not to pivot too much here, Arlen, but mm-hmm. so if you are somebody in education who is considering transitioning from the classroom or from working in a library or, you know, working at a desk or some, some traditional teaching role. And they're looking to, you know, take that plunge outside into an educational technology field. What would your advice be to them in order to take that first step? ISTE, International Society for Technology and Education. Even if you don't know anything, become a member. Um, I'm not, touting them in any way other than professionally. Everything I learned, I learned from ISTE is <laughs> not really, but it's the, the culture of ed tech is, is there. Um, the other thing is, it really is who you know and be in the right place at the right time. You have to network. If you're just gonna depend on your resume, it's not gonna happen. We're all out there doing the same thing, trying sure. to get the same positions and we're all in each other's backyard. So you're just moving school districts. You're not really moving job descriptions. Right. But the last thing is in order to switch from being a teacher to being a librarian to being an ed tech, I made lists. I made tons of lists. And if anybody wants to see my list, I'll share my list. So it's, <laughs> it's what skills do I have, not what jobs do I have? What titles match the job description that I want? Where do those skills translate outside of the classroom? What do I know I don't want as part of my job? And when you put all of those things together, then you can find what it is you want, not what you don't want. So I knew, for instance, with IRAD, I didn't want something where um, I had to do lesson plans. Sure. (laughs) Kind of thing. And and there's a lot of places where, you know, you have to create that path. IRAD is very spontaneous and that, that, met my personality but absolutely network um i was going to move to tucson two years ago thinking about it i called up the university of arizona librarians thinking i'd still be a librarian at that point and i started introducing myself making them a hook onto me with linkedin um going to visit them during you know my breaks when they were still in session yeah, that whole that old you know informational interview thing is is pretty important. Yeah, We're, we forget to talk to each other, and that's an important way to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just the uh, and I like your mentality of asking for forgiveness and not permission. My my wife is in an almost identical position working for Renaissance Education um, for their product Freckle. Uh, she literally developed that relationship with them as a classroom teacher. And then just over time position opened up and kind of went that route. And I, and I wish there was a better answer for people who are struggling and want to make that change. But I mean, you're 100% right. You just got to put some time in and be patient. And, and I went just, to, to conferences yep. and met the people, you know, go into the vendor area. Don't be afraid that they're going to put you on their mailing list. So what? 
unsubscribe if you want. <laughs> right. But in the same time, go meet these people. Let them know what you do. Let them right. know you're open to it. And even ask them what is the web page for your job openings. They might tell you instead of just making you go to the web page. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting. And and so Dave and I both, uh, you know, are former teachers, and we both kind of have moved out of the classroom over the last, um, I don't know, five years or so. Um, so we we kind of have seen that, but that that is unfortunately the trend. I, and I also I also I'm kind of in the same like I go back and forth both times. I I hate that there are teachers wanting to leave the classroom and I and I also hate that teachers are afraid to leave the classroom like I kind of hate both sides of it um, and and I know that we need great teachers in the classroom um, but I think too at a certain point I, I'm not sure I know it was time for me to leave I was not doing my students a service like it was time for me to get out and I think that that is kind of probably the case for a lot of people if they're worried about you know, are they really doing the best job? Chances are they're probably not. And there might be a better position and somebody younger ready to come along and take the spot. So sure. it's just an interesting transitional time in education right now. And, and we always kind of like to get both um, both sides of that uh, as much as we don't want to say, feel free to leave education at the same time we want to say, but pursue the things you're interested in. If it's outside and, of that. Right, and you still can do that. Becoming a Google certified trainer, I was still yeah. able to be a teacher and right. get my ed tech on. Mm -hmm. right. So you can right. do both. Right. You know, if, right. they, if find your hobby to keep your job in a way. Yeah. So you can, right. you, can, you can fulfill that need, that itch, without having to leave teaching if you're still into it, but you still want to find something else. That also gives you your own little internship. Right. Right. Which goes on your resume. Which goes, yeah. You know. I mean, I even, you know, and, I, and like you said, I, I taught high school English forever. So I did the grading for a long time. And, and but but I constantly had side projects, things that I thought mm -hmm. were fun. And going through this, um, this Instructables website kind of reminded me for a while I was, um, I was building um, guitar pedals, like guitar effect pedals, distortion pedals and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't, I don't know much about circuits and I would read all of these, like, here's what, this is what all of these circuits do and here's how electricity works. I mean, English did not prepare me for learning how circuits work, but it was something I was interested in and I spent a lot of time doing it and I thought maybe that would be my side job. And then that turned into, oh, I'm going to learn how to code. And so but none of it had to do with teaching English. It was all just stuff that I was learning because I was interested in it. And, and I'll be taking a new job in July that's all uh, web-based, like like coding and stuff like that. Um, and so, like, it, it your, your side jobs can become jobs eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but it, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta work at it. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting conversation. So it's a weird world in education right now. It, the key, it really the is. key word being work at it though, because mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it, it's not like in your case, Adam, it's not like you just decided to start coding and then the very next four day or 48 hours. Later, oh my God, no, coding. that was like six years you know? ago. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, right. Adam sells himself short. He does some amazing stuff. So, but no. I think, you know, I think that it's okay to put that effort and that time into those things, you know? Right. And, and I think if nothing else, my, my story is similar, but truly, I don't think if the pandemic happened, I, I'd probably still be teaching sixth grade math and science because I had no, you know, I was happy doing it. I did a really good job and it was something that I was comfortable with. And I just figured I would do this the rest of my life and be totally fine. I loved working with my partner teacher and um, the pandemic pushed me into that role out of need and necessity. And now um, I find myself in more increasingly larger leadership roles, mm -hmm. um, sometimes of, uh, without, um, actually asking to be in those, but sometimes <laughs> just randomly being put in those. And then, um, yeah. so, and then Pun I've punishing kind of the people who do the good work. That, right. I think that might be right. It. And so I think embracing that change and, mm -hmm. and accepting that is good in education and, and hopefully, you know, something I, I see so much, I read it all the time and, and I, I'm lucky enough. I get to work with new teachers in our County every year and give feedback and, uh, I always run into people that are two, three, four years in that are burned out and they want to leave and they want to change and they want to quit and they're ready to be done. And the two things I always tell them are one, you know, don't leave in May, don't quit in April because you're going to feel different in July. You're going to feel different in August. But the second thing is don't, you know, don't sell yourself short and, and consider 
what you have the ability to do like you did Arlen, you know, consider those strengths and figure something out from there. And sometimes it could be changing classrooms or sometimes it could be changing professions. But I think that being a teacher equips you with a lot more than people realize sometimes. So. I, it, the, the whole five, 10 year thing of being in the classroom with people leaving before five years, mm. I, 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 you almost have that epiphany when you hit that stride where I'm a teacher now. The teachers who come in year one, year two, and try to do um, their topic, their content, instead of pedagogy and classroom management, that's what burns them out. Truly. Right. Yep. So it's not about, you know, you you have to, the content's going to come. If you don't get into a rhythm, have a rapport with the kids, that content means squat. Yeah. So I, th I think, yeah. Yep. And you'll never get that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. If you if you don't plant those seeds early, they won't. I'm going to refer back to this podcast and take what you said, Arlen, because mm -hmm. that's part of my coaching roster is always our non-tenured teachers. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to stick with them for the first four years to get them tenured, you know, at the very least. And mm -hmm. so I think that's important. So I'm going to steal that from you just so you know. Uh, absolutely. You, you may huge. want to trademark that now so that I have to pay you like a dime every time I use it. So. Um, well, the going rate is actually only seven cents, so I'll take oh, it. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty good there. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, on that note, okay. yeah. Um, so again, we kind of uh, we love talking to the people that we talk to on this show, and Arlen, you are no exception at all. Everybody's got such a diverse and unusual background um, through education. It, it's we rarely speak to anyone, and maybe it's just because we're talking about technology, and technology and tends to kind of pull people in different directions. Yeah. Um, but like everybody we talk to has had so many different roles and different jobs, and it's always kind of interesting to hear how people got to where they got. Okay, um, and it I sounds like tell you yeah. is I used to when you know you remember the floppy disk, the five and oh a, sure okay the five and a quarter mm -hmm. right um, when they were there. I was doing a part-time job doing the research for questions for the bar games. And I would get oh. paid 25 cents for each trivia question and a dollar for each multiple choice question. <laughs> oh, wow. And you got to pick which topic you wanted to, to do and, you know, sports or entertainment or I picked sex. Oh, wow. So if you go to a bar I don't know if they're still around because the floppy disks aren't, but if you go to a bar and have play one of those trivia games, maybe yeah. one of my questions is still floating. That's hilarious. <laughs> it probably is. That's your legacy. How now. did you get how did you get that job? I don't even remember. I just a part-time job. It looked That's like awesome. fun. Um, I had been a crossword puzzle editor and uh -huh. I don't know. Really? I just, yeah, just it was fun. I but it was pre-internet. So right. I still had to do book research to make those questions to put oh, on to the disc. Right. But so I you did a lot of it. you did a lot of Encarta searching. Remember uh, the Encarta? No, even online before and, Encarta. And before that? Yeah, I had to do a lot of personal research. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> it's it's nice for That's true. That's a great point. I forgot about your topic. <laughs> we got. We're gonna slap that PG rating on this. One. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You may want to just was, curse now to justify it. I was going to say Encyclopedia Britannica, but I don't know if they had a whole lot of information in there. I, my That's parents so. let us really eat good. the ass, I also taught so. HIV AIDS to high schoolers. Oh, there you go. You know, and the whole yeah. the, the protection on the banana thing and right. stuff like so. Oh, it's yeah. like, it was really hard to be in the classroom and not bring these things up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm much better remotely where they can't see yeah. me awesome. and they can edit me. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> on that same topic, this is just so random, but this last week I had, as the one male teacher on our middle school, uh, oh, yeah. floor, I had to, I had to help administer the puberty talk to the boys. I had to Ooh. message Adam cause I had to cancel it. We had a meeting schedule and I had to cancel it cause I got asked to teach puberty class. And so Adam's message back to me was what? And so <laughs> I was like, this is what I'm doing. And so my, and my, and the guy that, uh, that, you know, I was literally just there as like another person to be in there. Yeah. RPE teacher. He's amazing. He's so good with that and make sure the kids feel comfortable and like acknowledges that they are children. But, um, you know, it, it, it was an experience to have a diagram 
that I'm holding up to the kids, projecting uh-huh. it on the board and walking through each part with them and asking questions. <laughs> so, and it's just sometimes I'm in the middle that I'm like, well, at least I got paid today. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unusual situations that teachers find themselves That's in. Right. That is Indeed. for sure. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Well, right. uh, let's jump into what we're working on, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what do you got going on in your life right now? Uh, well, I just started uh, double classes for my summer semester of my admin courses. So, oh, fun! Um, so it's not it's not been too bad thus far. My my professors are really great. Shout out to Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. It's a it's a little pricey, mm-hmm. um, but it is an accelerated course. My instructors are fantastic, and the school yep. has been super helpful. I mean, I truly can't say this is this is going to be the second time I've done graduate level work and. The first time it was it was very challenging um, and it was a lot of work and a lot of extra time. And this time and and not that the professors weren't helpful. They were just it was a little bit different uh, this time. I feel like, man, everybody is just on point. They want you to do your best. And I really like that, uh, that that with this this class I'm doing. So I'm doing that right now, uh, getting ready for the, the summer. We only have about three weeks left and uh, our, the first week of our summer break. My family and I are going to Disney World. We're super excited for that. So, oh, fun. Ex- except for college classes and Disney World. That's about all I have right now. So what about yeah, you, Adam? That's good. Uh, so obviously it's the end of the year for us too. I, I was just talking uh, before the show. Arlen was saying that the kids uh, – well, you were saying in Jersey, the kids go until like the second week in June mm. or something like that. Or third oh, sometimes. Or yeah. third. God. Oh, wow. So we've got – like what three weeks left my my children are done in two weeks because they unless the, for some stupid reason they have to take their finals but if they're not taking finals they're <laughs> done like next friday or some crazy oh, it's just nuts and so anyway so we're getting end of the year stuff at school you know um it's that high school life get, is getting chromebooks it? back it is just i mean so, it, the only time it's easier is college <laughs> i mean <laughs> what a hard breaks. life what yeah. a hard life oh uh, I don't know. Life is pretty hard at the high yeah, school level. I'll tell you, it is. Um, but anyway, so I, from my perspective, we're getting into the year stuff done, which is good. Uh, still working on our secret project, Dave. Right, Ooh, we're still working on the secret project. It's getting and, good. And I gotta say, the secret project's coming together pretty nicely. I think that is. Uh, it's going to be nice. I'm. I'm hoping that we'll actually like say what it is. And then maybe the next two or three podcasts, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll give it a couple. We'll give it a couple. Yeah, yeah make sure it's good before we start asking for beta testers. But anyway, um, so the other thing uh, that I did want to mention, something that I am working on, which is not really a job or a project of any kind, but um, I don't know if you guys have Amazon Prime Video, mm-hmm. but the show Outer Range, anybody watching that? Yeah, it's awesome. Are you? Are you actually watching it? Yeah, I watched the first episode. Okay, uh, so I just finished Orange is the New Black, so don't even. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a great show too. You got some catching up to do, but that is a good yeah. show. That's a great show. Yeah, yeah no joke. Um, but Outer Range is uh, it's like Yellowstone meets uh, bath uh, hot tub time machine. So put those two shows it's not a together. Bad description. It's not. I know. I know. And I just yeah. So. I was going to go think with X-Files because of the weirdness, but I think, it is, I but think Hot Tub Time Machine is a better description. It actually <laughs> makes more sense. But uh, but you're right. X-Files totally would fit. Um, it's such an interesting show, and I, I like Josh Brolin. I think he's oh, really he's, good. He's great. The The cast is, is largely, uh, aside from Brolin and uh, the other guy who I can never remember, one from, uh, um, I can never remember his name, from Armageddon. Um, anyway. That's the only reason I, I just don't know. No, no, it's I'll have to find his name because he's like an older guy. Mm. Uh, I'll look it up while while somebody else is talking. But Bruce um, it's not uh, Will Patton. He's the he. Mm-hmm. If you looked him up, you totally know who he is. He's been in a million shows, uh, but otherwise they're largely uh, unknown. But I also one of the characters is um, Noah Reed, who was if you watched Schitt's Creek, yeah, he was. Um, David's uh, boyfriend, yeah. uh, husband by the end of the yep. show. Yep. Um, he's a great actor. He's and great. He's really good in this too. And he's got such a weird character. It's it's phenomenal. I love it. Such a great show. I love weird shows. So I like to tout 
shows that other people may not be watching, but I'm glad you're watching it, Dave, so you can we can talk about it. It's it's weird. It's uh it's not as okay, so and this is just us like nerding out here for a minute. Nerding, so totally. Arlen. Yep. So so my favorite show the in the last testosterone is flailing. This, well <laughs> no, this is testosterone. Okay. I gotta yeah, it. I don't know. it might just be it's more um, just nerdiness. I mean, it's okay. a good thing I don't have my glasses on. I'd be like, hey, um, <laughs> I, the Midnight Mass was like my favorite show last year. Like that I, was that's, like, I do need to watch that. That was like my favorite show. But then that that vault, what was it? Vault 82 on Netflix? Yes. That, what it was? Uh, that show was awesome. Was it that Vault? Sh- I think so. I watched it 81. Archive 81. Archive 81. Archive 81 on uh, that Netflix. Was, that was yeah. great too. Yeah. This show has a similar vibe to it. Totally. But I think it's better. Yeah. Because oh, I'm totally invested in these characters. I really like all of them. I think they're great. Because Archive 81 could be very intense, but like yeah. unsettling. So this right. is, this was really good. Yeah. And and also Midnight Mass is the best thing that's been put on streaming in like five years. So. All right. Well, now I know what I'm doing after we're done. It's here. so great. <laughs> so great. <laughs> well, but, Arlen, what, do you, what have you got going on in your uh, personal yep. or professional life right now? Except for uh, watching Midnight Mass when you get the chance right, to do right. so. Okay. <laughs> I won't be able to do anything else then. Right, no. If um, your listener, listener singular, I, I, I got the gist. If Thank your you for that. Happens to, <laughs> happens to be a Google certified trainer, they can become an IRAD ambassador. And that's basically what I do is help support them become cool. IRAD ambassadors. Um, but also personally, I'm taking a writing course because even though I was an English teacher, I was in the, I like the research end of it. So mm-hmm. here I'm, I'm delving in just for me to have some writing time. And I also That's might awesome. join a lapidary club. And I always oh. thought lapidary was a word that meant lamb, but it Ooh. doesn't, it means tumbled rocks. <laughs> oh, oh. And so, you know, all the hiking out in Arizona and you pick up a yeah. rock and then you tumble it and shine it up and, turn and then it, into it becomes yeah. smooth. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I might. That's that. a very regional thing. It is very regional and it has yeah. nothing to do with lambs. Oh, <laughs> that, that's I mean, that, maybe not yet. You never ah, know. You never yeah. know. That's right. Maybe that's if you tumble too. lambs. Do you get like really good wool? Like it's really smooth. It's like silk. it turns into angora, and the goats yeah. are that's really right. pissed that's off. Right. Right. Pissed off. Adam and I should keep. We should keep going down this road because, as you can yeah. tell, we are most definitely farm farm. Far, yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. So, well, if you right. call a cornfield a farm, yes, that's, that's right. for sure. Uh, all right. So, our last little segment this evening. What are we? What are we all drinking? Arlen, what are you drinking? You you have an interesting looking glass. I have a three two one margarita, which is a oh. jalapeno cucumber margarita. Margarita, oh, cool. you can tell margarita. Uh-huh. Hey, margarita. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it it's just three two one, three parts tequila, two parts triple sec, one part lime juice. Oh, that sounds wow. great. Jalapeno and, and cucumber. cucumber. That sounds like both hot and refreshing at the same time. It really does. Exactly. Wow. I love it. Dave, what do you got? Just Uh, is it just Nyquil? Uh, no, this this is actually. Um, uh, I was gonna say a Moscow mule, but I know that's not a Moscow mule. It's a uh, it's a Kentucky mule. So I don't have any vodka. So it's bourbon, uh, ginger beer, lime juice. Sounds good. Ah, we got lime juice. The lime juice is pure cold. So good. Yes. Vitamin C. Yeah, that helps. Uh, I I just have uh, my uh, my treaty oak from uh, Austin, Texas, um, bourbon on yeah. on the rocks tonight. So sim- simple, stuff, man. clean and simple. Uh, well, Arlen, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really uh, we love this conversation. Again, it's, it's always cool seeing how people get to where they're going. And uh, IORED is a great product that we mm-hmm. would love to recommend. Um, we obviously love the freeness of it, but mostly uh, its features are phenomenal. So thanks for ta- coming on and talking to us about it. It was so cool to be here. Thank you. Well, good. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, for those of you listening for the first time or if you found us someplace, you can always find our podcast on all of your podcast places like Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh, all of those great places like that. You can also find us on the internet at edtechdistilled.com. You can find us on Twitter also at, at edtechdistilled.com. And you can find us on the Education Podcast Network at edupodcastnetwork.com. You can find us there as well. And I think that's all the places, right? Is that right, Dave? Did I forget anybody? 
That covers them all. Uh, Arlen, right. how can people connect with you if they want yes, to look you thank up? You. What, are, what are your socials or is there a good email um, that they can Everywhere I you? am, I'm Sudandri, which is P is in Paul, S is in Sam, E-U, D is in dog, A, N is in Nancy, D is in dog, R-Y. Um, okay. Sudandri is a woman with a man's name and Arlen was originally a man's name. Interesting. So that's where Sudandri comes. So I'm Sudandri well, all works. over the place. Or Arlen at irad.com. Sounds great. Well, we will uh, throw the connections there uh, in the show notes. We'll have notes for all the stuff we've discussed tonight. You can find us there on the website. uh, And hopefully we will catch you all in our next episode. Dave, thanks for being here. Arlen, thank you for being here. We enjoyed talking to you. And we will talk to you all soon. See you in the next episode. And thanks for listening.